Now, the case of Ghanaian influencer and musician Mona Fai's mantra, popularly known as Hadja Farrell, pleading guilty in a $2 million romance scam. The scandal in the United States of America has ignited discussions around unexplained wealth in Ghana. Tonight on our front, we will delve into the urgent need for lifestyle audits as a means to tackle the prevalence of unexplained wealth among individuals in the country. This discussion also explored the implications of Hadja Farrell's case on Ghana's fight against financial crimes and the role of authorities in enforcing accountability. Joining me in studio is a lawyer and an administrator at the Economic and Organized Crime Office here at the, uh, in the Republic of Ghana, Edward Kujo. Also joining us via Zoom is a former Auditor General, Daniel Domilevo, who at a point in time had advocated that many in the Republic of Ghana ought to be properly reviewed for the purposes of having to determine whether they have some wealth which could be properly uh, 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 categorized as illicit enrichment. Edward, you're welcome to our front. Thank you very much. I hope you are doing well today. I am great. I send you um, greetings from my executive director. Oh, yes, 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 yes. My regards to her. She was very instrumental in getting you. I've been asking her for somebody to speak to <laughs> on this particular matter. Now, let me start with uh, the general question about this action. The, the, the expression romance fraud, what does it mean? How does it play out? All right. So, generally, we'll put it under the category of um, cyber-enabled crime because the medium is the use of the Internet. However, the, the communication and the degree of engagement is based on love or show of affection. And the, the, there are a lot of people who are vulnerable or need love in their lives. And so they are told a story. They like the story. They like the persona that is created. And then they hook onto it. And the, because of the persona that is created, and the need for affection. People are blinded by the representations that are made to them. And so they begin to get promises of um, heaven on earth. And then when they get snapped up, they begin to now make demands on them, um, usually monetary. Or those who are advanced would now begin to think, take items that have monetary, monetary value, which they can, um, should I say, liquidate to raise mm -hmm. funds. So they can start with very small amounts and then over time increase those amounts. You know? And because it's based on love, you are blinded by the, the financial bit. And so you find that cumulatively, you have probably some people have lost their investments, their social security investments, their, their money they've saved for, saved for a rainy day. It's gone based on some assurances of love or, or assurances of getting married and enjoying their life um, on this earth and also being, having a companion they can share their life with. So it's based on representations which are too good to be true. People get snapped up. They, they want to have the best of things in life. And then, gradually, their finances are touched based on representations. So that, that would be romance fraud. So, I mean, this played out between a Ghanaian and somebody who's outside this country. Sure. Is that how it always plays out? I mean, is there a possibility that it's between a Ghanaian and a Ghanaian, no matter where they are located? I think that it, or mostly, it, is it Ghanaians targeting white people? Um, so, it cuts across, really. Um, I, won't, I won't say it's, it's Ghanaians and foreigners, but really... Predominantly, that would be Ghanaians and foreigners. The interesting thing you have, I want to put, make bare is that there are times when you find um, a gentleman pretending to be a lady and then chatting to a, a gentleman somewhere out of this jurisdiction. Okay. There are times where you, there are children under, under nine. I've seen one personally who is under nine years and is chatting to a, a Spanish lady on the internet via um, Google Translator. So he, he types in English, it's translated to Spanish, and then he posts it out. And, and he's, he's adept at it, you know. So it's you, it cuts across a male chatting another male, pretending to be a female, a, a child chatting an elderly person, pretending to be an elderly person um, of age, 
um, using pictures and videos of very um, nice looking um, um, or lightly clad women just to be able to entice and enrich the discussion. So it cuts across. It's be, being interested in somebody across the internet isn't a crime, right? Definitely is not. You but can find love on the internet. Fantastic. It is, that's why I stated earlier that it begins with a representation that is made. I'm this kind of person. So a persona is created, which is different from whoever is chatting to you. So, so it is you buying so the person. first misrepresentation is problematic. Exactly. Why yeah. is it problematic? And then the persona that is created for you, because you want to find a genuine person, somebody who wants, oh, okay. who wants to find love. I'm not in for love. I'm in for your money. But I start okay. from somewhere where you're vulnerable, where you're weak. So you open up to me. I share my dreams. Tell you a fantastic story of how I came to be and who I am, what I have, what I possess, what I can promise you, what I can give you if, you follow, if we get together as a couple or we can gradually work together as, to become a couple. And based on those representations, then other demands are made. Subtle demands starts with very minimal things. And then over time, it begins to touch your bottom line. It begins to touch your, your, your investments, your savings. That's when it becomes um, problematic and criminal. Oh, okay. no, I'm, I'm getting this uh, clearly defined because for many people, well, what's the point? Uh, we just started a, r- a romantic relationship with somebody who has more resources. The only difference here is that I appear to be demanding from the person who's more resourceful. But I don't know how most of these relationships. No, no, so, so, so it, it starts. So a young lady finds a sugar daddy, the motivation. gets to get money from the sugar daddy, she provides something in return. I mean, I'm just saying that why, how, at what point does this become so, a criminal activity? So you, and again, let me go back. So it starts with the representation. And you find in some yeah. of these, these relationships that at the times when they're supposed to be meeting in person, a lot of excuses start coming up. And that's where you find that... Oh, because the right person will not... Exactly. Be because okay. you, yes, exactly. So you find that, let's meet up, and it says, oh, I have a stomach upset, I have to go to the hospital. Or oh, let's meet up. Some even pay for tickets. They, they pay for tickets, they pay for... Um, the person can travel and come and see it. Okay. Exactly. And then they turn out these, these, these invitations at the very last minute, where the person has made some um, other investments in other things just to entertain that person. So you find that the, from the beginning, the, the, the motivation is not love. It's just that they have to build you up. They have to... Position you in such a position that now you, you are into love. You are in love. And when love comes into the picture, reason is really out of the window. Again, the other question. There's nothing wrong with starting a relationship with somebody merely for money, right? Nothing wrong with that. Okay. I seen it's not illegal. I mean, nothing wrong with that. It's I a mean, different everybody has, has motivation. Yeah, motivation for entering a relationship. Sure. But what, what makes it wrong is when you are making those misrepresentations sure. and exploiting the person in the position. Exactly. So at what point does it become exploitation? After demanding, let's say, a thousand or two thousand dollars, or like is there I, a limit? Is there a monetary limit that makes it exploitation? There's, there's really no limit. In some instances, they might be very small amounts that are not significant, but cumulatively. So okay. I start with maybe five hundred dollars, which is to somebody is, is is nothing. But over a period of twelve months, five hundred dollars times twelve months or times every week five hundred dollars—that's a lot of money. And because you are blinded by love, you don't look at the calculation. You are just giving because there's affection. Over time. Then you, when you have, you feel that you, bo- you built a bond where you need to meet the person. They begin to now give excuses and begin to peel off gradually, and then they don't respond to, or you don't give the same affection as you expected. That is when you need to see the red flags. You so if I am the real person, so if I use my real face, if I used my um, real picture in, in the initial contact with the person, I will not. I, I would have actually. I wouldn't meet the rep- misrepresentation. Right. Definitely, you know. So it wouldn't be fraud. The representation is not only in looks, it's okay. in statements, it's in assurances, it's in promises. Like That's what? what I love you. I love you when you don't love the person. But how would anybody know that I don't love the person? That's, that's it's an emotional thing. Yes. Yeah, so over time, you get to see them, they love you. Because when you begin to say, 
Let's meet here. Let's go there. The person is giving excuses. How about if they love the person only for the money? That is when it becomes problematic. Really? Yes. Because again, if it is you are giving, I mean, nobody is for the Christmas. You give every time. You want something in return. So if, if it's supposed to be a relationship, it's a give and take. But if you're only giving and you're not receiving, there's a problem somewhere. Because do you know these things have been questioned, right? Many have said, no, but let's be quite clear about this. I can fall in love or pretend to fall in love with so many people. What will make that wrong when I've not stolen money from them? When I have not actually broken into their account or stolen anything from them? Okay. So the, the entire scape of romance fraud, that, that's what... So, so you find the, mm-hmm. same, the same principle. Let me backtrack. So you meet that confidential down the street and says, oh, can you help me with this amount of money because I lost my uncle. I'm trying to look for him in Accra. I've, I went to his house. He's not there. I went to a relative. He's also not there. Can you help me with this amount of money? That's a genuine concern. That's what you should do. I mean, okay. I mean you want to help somebody. But yeah. really, is that person in that situation? No, because he needs something from you. He tells you what you want to hear. He touches you where you're soft. Okay. You understand? That's where the, 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 representation, the false representation comes in, and that's what makes it makes it criminal. Because that's for fantastic stories. There's numerous of them out there. But again, the, the thought behind it, you know, and the law looks at the act and also the, the intention. Okay. You know, so that's where... It, so we can arrested for that in the Republic of Ghana. If you're making false representation to somebody, yes. yes. So I say that I'm a very handsome man. I don't have pot belly. I have six pack, which are all very untrue statements. It, it, but really, what, what was yeah, the, so what, that? So, no, I mean, just representation. That's this, 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 not describing yourself as who you are. And not getting money from any person will not take it to that's the realm of, of um, um, how do you call it, uh, uh, what we're talking about. Yeah. Yes, but again, when it begins to have parting of money becomes the, okay. the common denominator or what underlines the relationship, then there's a bit of a problem. Now, I want to get this straight. So, I mean, I'm sure you have read the, the young lady's case. Mm. In this case, which of the explanations you have given applies here? Okay, so I've not read in detail. Okay, case, all right. But I know that um, for as long as you received monies based on fraudulent representation. Again, remember that for any of, for the offense of money laundering, you need to have a predicate offense. Okay? okay. Predicate means so, some, so, some offending yeah. has to happen before you, benef- you have benefits from that crime. Okay. So, so if I make representations to you and I benefit from it, that's what's happening. And then if I use that fund into other areas, invest in other areas, or pass it through certain channels to obfuscate the source or to hide the source or to disguise the source, then I'm laundering the money. So the predicate will happen first, and then the laundering will start later. Okay? So if, if, if I take money from you that I'm going to invest in a farm, and I put it in my Uber business, okay. that in itself is money laundering. Because, oh, really? Yes, sure. Because, again, it's based on misrepresentation. You've got a benefit. You put it into something else. to change the nature and character of the funds you give to me in the initial stage. Now, I mean, there's a clarification in this case that makes that a bit interesting for many people. Um, she pleaded guilty to conspiracy to receive stolen money in connection with romance camps. Yes. Conspiracy to receive stolen money in, in, in connection with romance camps. Okay. I mean, I want to understand this. Okay. So, remember that to conspire with someone is to act um, with a common purpose, with some mm-hmm. other person. So, you might be the one fronting with the representation. I might be the one receiving the money and diverting to other sources. So, I'm in cahoots with you. And I'm the one who is diverting the funds or putting it in other investments which are not connected to that initial offending. Oh, so that you, is you why are doing the money laundering. Exactly. So that is why I'm, a bit, I'm, I'm conspiring with the person because it's, it's, it's one transaction. Can you do it unknowingly? Yes. The law, the law, the law in Ghana, if I may, mm-hmm. um, says that you, it puts the person who is conducted, to, it says that you should have known or ought to have known that what you're doing or what the process you're dealing with come from a criminal activity. So you, you are, you are first 
supposed to know where the funds is coming from or ought to have known. Ought to have known means that you should have taken some diligent steps to ask questions before okay. you take it in. Okay. But if you take it in and it turns out that it's from criminal activity, then you're liable for the offense of money laundering. And okay. this, this is provided for in, in our Anti-Money Laundering Act. I get you. Um, yes. But when the, when, the, when the U.S. people said that she was involved in a criminal enterprise mm -hmm. in West Africa mm -hmm. that conducted various fraud against individuals and businesses in the U.S., including romance camps, mm -hmm. targeting vulnerable older victims. Yes. What yes. does it really mean? So what it, what it means is that you have a category of persons who need love, have found somebody who is prepared to give them love, and then make representations to them as giving, um, giving them what they want in a relationship. They begin to ask for resources from them just to be able to meet the right person or the, the love of their life they're looking for. So, oh, can you get me this? He says, oh, for the love I have for you, please have that. Can I, oh, yes, I love you so much, please have that. And it turns out that that love is, is, a, is a very, it's not on the table, okay. you know, to give. It's only because I can get this much from you. And that's why you find these vulnerable persons going into their, their, their retirement packages, just to maintain their relationship, because that's the only thing they can give, really. You are giving them love. All they can bring to the table is with their resources. And then you begin to clean their accounts, move on to other things, before you find they are now destitute, they are, they are, they are, they are, they are on life support, they, their families have abandoned them. And some of them, some of them are so embarrassed to raise the issues that they die out of that. Yeah, because that's it, will be, yes, it will be a bit interesting. I mean, they, they, they said that the enterprise uh, deceived victims into believing they were in a romantic relationship with them, gaining their trust in the process. And my brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Persuading them to transfer money to accounts controlled by the criminals under false pretenses. Exactly. So that's the point. So, I'll so I mean, just to expand it, mm -hmm. that, when that, that relationship where I, pa I, give, I pass money to the, the lady or the supposed person I'm in love with, that money comes and give, I give an account. So pay X amount into this account for, okay. me, for my benefit. That account belongs to you. You are not in any way in any relationship with, the, with, the, with that elderly person. Okay? That account is further moved to a third person who is in Accra or is in Ghana or is in West Africa, wherever it is, and that person can either use it to buy an asset or change the character of the funds, break it into several accounts, and then other people benefit from that. So that's oh, why the conspiracy comes in. Because you, you know or ought to have known that the funds are coming from illegal activity. And when you use it, that's why you're allowed. And that's why she's, she's probably the conspiracy um, charges has, has, has been to hold against her. So in this case, she received over $2 million in fraudulent funds from victims uh, of romance camps orchestrated by the criminal enterprise. I, I was asking the question about whether you can receive this without indeed knowing that this were a criminal enterprise. Sure. But actually, it says here that she was in the known you, of it. You, because you see... It's an, like, like the Riley said, enterprise. Enterprise. It's, it's, a, it's a grouping. It's an organization. It's not a business. It's, no, it's a business. It's, okay. it's, it's what we call organized crime. Oh, okay. Everybody has a role. So there's the one who is selling the story. There's the one who's receiving the funds. There's the one who's breaking it into pieces. There's the one who's investing the funds. There's the one who's uh, distributing the funds. There's the one who's um, moving the funds, you know, physically. 
there are those who are also moving it through the account. So several layers, okay. but okay. they are part of it. It's even, it's even possible for persons who belong to the organization to, not to know themselves, but they carry oh, okay. out their roles. Yeah, okay. They carry out their roles. So. Would, would they be still complicit? Yeah, would they sure. Be because you know, be acting in cahoots with others when they don't know the Because people. you know the source is coming from. You know who you are dealing with. Oh, you okay. know who is involved in crime. All right. Whatever comes from that enterprise is the proceeds of crime. You don't care how he did it, whether it's from the sale of a vehicle or somebody is murdered for the... All you do is that money's come from him, which is criminal activity. I move it to the next step, to an account, or I receive it here in Ghana, buy an asset, buy, buy a house, buy a vehicle, a, an establishment, put my name on it, run it. I, the, the proceeds that come from, from it, which has been laundered anyways, is moved out to somebody else who benefits from it. So there's an ultimate beneficiary or beneficiaries, you know, from these transactions. The other part of this that really shocked me was the extent and the money's involved. I mean, this is, the, the story says that she received over $2 million in fraudulent funds from victims of romance camps. $2 million. That's a huge amount of money. So that, that, would, that would tell Certainly you Certainly not from an individual. Sure. But so to tell the, the scale of the operation. What exactly can you tell somebody to just cough out that huge amount of money? Maybe on this, in this side of the world, we are, we are particular about who we love and how we love. Yeah. Elsewhere, people need love. Okay. Like they need air. Companionship. Mm -hmm. I mean, here we have families and we believe in the family system, the support system and everything. Yeah. Elsewhere, the fact is you're alone. You live by yourself. You, you're, you're sick. Nobody takes care of you. Nobody even sends you a greeting in the morning, how you're doing everything. Mm -hmm. So there's a need for that affection. And if I can get it physically, I can get it virtually. I mean, that's, that's well and good. Okay. And I have a bond with that person. I believe that person. The person um, answers to certain questions I have. Definitely, I'll give my word to that person. And that's what happens. And you find that, and this, this money is the mentioned, like the story says, it's from different sources, not from one source. So it's okay. an accumulation over a period. You know, and, and this is the total that you have now to show, to show um, as, as what she's been able to move. If you just joined up front tonight, my guest in studio is Edward Kujo. He is with the Economic and Organized Crime Office in the Republic of Ghana. It is that big story about the Ghanaian who has been involved or who has actually pleaded guilty to engaging in or receiving funds, which is really around uh, funds from romance scams. Uh, she's a popular person. She's an influencer. And I'm, I understand she's also a musician too. So some, some of these things are actually what's putting in proper perspective. I've been joined by a former Auditor General because a part of that conversation concerns how do we spot things like that in Ghana? Let me welcome you, sir, to this conversation, sir. Mr. Domlevel, can you unmute? Uh, I hope you are doing well this evening. Yeah, good evening. I hope you can hear me now. Yes, it is perfect now. Now, I want to start from the... General one, you I have known for a very long time is a huge advocate of lifestyle audits. You have actually pointed out to us in times past the defects in the law on asset declaration and also the people who are walking around in this republic with a lot of money thrown around without any justification as to where they got the money from. Were you shocked when somebody that is known in our circles as an influencer, I'm not sure because of age versus you might be aware of that grouping, but also, as a musician, who really has a lot of money, being involved in such a, a scam of a sort, and the scale in which monies are being uh, thrown around about this particular matter, were you shocked when you heard it? Uh, yes and no. It surprises me that uh, uh, she may be involved or engaged in the alleged offense that... Uh, they are charging her with. 
But it doesn't surprise me because we are in a society where the end justifies the means. Once the person has money, it's okay. How he or she got it is of no importance to us. This is why I have been calling time and again from lifestyle audit. We must know where people are getting money from. Otherwise, if you can get away with stolen money, if you can get away with process of corruption, and nobody is going to question where you are getting your money from, then why do you waste your time uh, breaking your back to make ends meet? You can use for any cheap avenue or you can use, you can look for any dubious means of making money, which to me is not acceptable. So any society which is responsible has this yastic or this backup or control measure, which we normally call, it is not necessarily because Daniel is a criminal. No, we think Daniel has a lot of money. He's showing that he has a lot of money. So, Daniel, explain to us, where did you get this money from? Because we know your source of income can give you this amount and not that. Let me give you a quick example. For instance, I know the highest paid public servant, the ministers and the politicians, who is the president. The president even does not make uh, 50,000 Ghana cities a month. Granted that he makes 50,000 and does not spend anything at all. The maximum that he can accumulate over the eight years that he has served, will be 4.8 million Ghana cities. Mm. So if you are talking about four years, that may be um, 2.4 million Ghana cities. So if you hear that a presidential candidate has spent 80 million or 16 million, we should be able to ask questions. If we don't ask questions, the worry and the fear is that very soon we shall be ruled by drug peddlers, we shall be ruled by terrorists who are funding political parties or leaders to come into party uh, into leadership. So that is the worry I have. We must be able to ask a simple question. Uh, Raymond, where did you get your money from? You explain it well. We say congratulations. You are a role model. People should emulate you. If you are not able to uh, uh, explain it well, then the onus should shift onto you to prove to us that you have other sources, otherwise we should deal with you because you are a danger to society. Mm. When I was the story you shared with me, I saw something like she was charged with uh, the receipt of stolen money. And I, I'm like, oh my God, uh, I'm sure there are several people who are with stolen money in this country and are getting away with it. So that is my initial reaction. Thank oh. you. No, that, that's an interesting perspective. We should be able to explore that, but are these legitimate concerns? Uh, yes. Do we have provisions in our laws, in our rules, in our guidelines that allows us to basically invade your privacy and actually to justify why you have this amount of money? Do we have them? Uh, uh, thank you very much for the question. I'm happy you, you emphasized on invade your privacy because that has been, always been the, 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 the concern that is raised by, by um, most, most Ghanaians. But for those who understand the terrain, you'll find that like like my, my senior said, a very useful tool in, in dealing with things like this is lifestyle audit, or like what we call lifestyle analysis, or even um, how do you call it, looking at the earnings of a person over a period and then looking at their lifestyle. And I think that is, is a problem that, that transcends you know, um, us here. It's a national thing we need to look at. As we speak, the anti-money laundering law has a provision that comes close, but it's not exact. 
in terms of um, lifestyle audit. It is only when you are under investigations for money laundering that we can look at the assets you have and then ask you the question where you got it from. I want to come back to more. So if you are not investing, that's that's what I'm saying. That is the position of the law, and which is okay. not ad adequate enough for us to deal with these these kind of things. I want to go to something much more fundamental, and I'm sure my senior colleague would, would, would agree with me that in the past and sometime past, if you left home and came with anything that wasn't given to you by your parents, there are going to be questions for you. And if you didn't have the right, right answers, you're either going to send it back, or you're going to be disciplined for, for having that thing in your, in your hands. Yeah. Today, if I leave home and I tell my parents I'm going to town and I come back with a car, the first thing they're going to get is powder and spirit on me that the Lord has blessed me and has put me in a good position. Nobody, even your parents will not ask you where you got the car from. Value systems. Because, because exactly. Because you're more interested in what we see or what we show as opulence. That the Lord has blessed you, or you're living a good life, or you've made it, and we celebrate that, not asking where it came from. And so if we have a system that is, um, should I say, um, um, encouraging that, more people will do that. Again, people are put in positions of prominence because of what they have, not asking questions about how they got it. Okay. And that is a big problem we need, to look, we need to look at. And if the laws are not, as we have them, exact on that, we have challenges. We have tried, and we are, we are trying again, to have clear legislation on unexplained wealth. We don't have today. We don't have it. Clear as we would have, we don't have unexplained wealth. We don't have it. Really? We don't. So you can't order a lifestyle audit. You, like I read to you, it yeah. says when I when investigate money laundering. So what if but you don't have to be, I mean, you suspected, merely suspected. Exactly. Because so, there should be some reason why you'll be suspecting it, right? In terms of clear law. A pastor says that I have 20 cars. You don't know the job the guy does, but he says he has 20 cars. He says, God's blessed me. We don't know how God sent those cars to him. Yes. Would it not be sensible for a state that mindful of its uh, systems to be interested in knowing? So, so somebody has got property. Mm -hmm. You are first going to the first question that comes is my right to property. I have acquired the property. I'm okay. Right it, to own yes. Property. Yes. Yes. So we are, we, are, we are the same person who would raise the, the issues. That so that there's no harassment in the process. Thank you very much. But ordinarily, we should be able to ask you because we know your earnings. We know how much an average pastor would make, even the highest paid pastor, like um, um, my, my senior gave the example, okay. we should be able to tell. And again, even if it's in a sector that we, we can't control, we can't, we can't determine your earnings, maybe per month or even okay. per annual, averagely, we should be able to have an idea. And then again, the interesting thing, which well, we have... If you file taxes... Exactly. And even if, if you it, did, we would know that if these you, are your earnings and you where you got it from. If you even declared your assets, if you declare the assets before taking public office, we should be able to determine over a period mm. what asset you have um, gotten and where you got the money <clears> to fund those assets. If you can't explain, there's a reverse burden. You must tell us how you got it. And if there is, the explanation is not good enough, you pay the price. And we need to encourage these things as, as a growing um, economy. Because you see, like my senior said, in, in, in advanced democracies or advanced countries, they have yeah. these, these, these provisions yeah. such that you can't just suddenly ride in a vehicle that you can't, exp you can't tell authorities where you got it from. But here, it's the reverse. You want to ask questions, and people are like, why are you going after him? When he didn't have, you're not asking questions. Now that he has, why are you asking questions? And these are, this is how society reacts to these things. So you find that there's always a, a, a challenge. Instead of dealing with you do your work, there is the resistance from the people in a way that they believe this is, should be harassment, rather. Exactly. Instead of and the question we is, are joining when, in the When question. he had nothing, why weren't you asking? Asking questions. Now that he has something, you're asking questions. Are you jealous? That's the question that they pose. But the issue you is... You at Yoko. Uh, sure. The, is romance scam and is related fraudulent engagement. Among people who are popular, is it popular in this country? Is it a, a prevalent I, I, thing? I would, uh, exactly. So I, I would, it's prevalent, yes. Romance fraud is not, is not something... Is, this, is not, this case is not the first. And it's something that is prevalent. Like I shared with you earlier, 
I actually found a nine-year-old. I told you. Nine nine-year-old sitting in an internet cafe. Competent enough to run. Using Google Translator. Okay. Chatting with a male, pretending to be a female, very little clothing on, and making translating English into into uh, Spanish and posting it off to the person. And the person seems to be enjoying and they're having a good conversation. At age nine. So, at, so that should tell you. I see. You understand. And again, just to make to maybe blow your mind. This is an enterprise. Like okay. we said, this is an enterprise. And you have people at different levels of this enterprise. That nine-year-old is working for somebody. Oh, okay. Okay, well, that? that makes sense. Exactly. And so the other people also up the chain who deal with higher... So let's say the nine-year-old hits, a, a, hits a, a stone wall. He passes the person on to somebody who is more experienced in the, in the industry. That person also hits a brick wall, passes it on to the next person who is more experienced. So it's a chain. And so you find that eventually uh, the industry is growing. And the tools we have can take us so far. As in the tools the state has to monitor, and like institutions like yours, I mean, which you have to monitor sure, and uh, sure. see who is doing what. Sure. As we speak, and I'm, I'm sure my senior... Because I was going to ask, why are you not rooting it at the bad? Why are you not stopping all of these things at the go? I'll, I'll, go, I'll go back to something that my, I know my senior is very familiar with, with the asset declaration, as I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. There are concerns raised that, listen, somebody's declaring his assets, in, I don't know whether it's changed or this. It's, it's being said that it's changed, but I declare my assets, I put it in an envelope, and then bring it to the, the, the Auditor General, wherever I'm supposed to send it to. Unless there's a, court, a matter in court, and then the court orders for it to be opened up. It sits okay. there until whatever period that I want to have. As to whether what is in our plain sheets or not, we don't know. The, 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 the improvement is that now people verify the assets before the filing is done. If that is the case, that's a good thing. So then we can be able to tell over a period what has changed, and then ask the relevant questions. And like he said, if somebody came in with nothing, and in two or three years he's riding vehicles which we know they were, and how much a politician ends or a parliamentarian ends, there's a, there are questions to be asked. And these are issues we need to interrogate, and then put in proper laws that are able to ask the relevant questions, and then rid persons who are benefiting from such crimes or such um, um, activities from our society. Until we do that, we'll, we'll go back and be talking about it, but the laws are not that exact to deal with the situation as we have it. This question that was asked by many, why was Haji Afaro, for example, not arrested by Ghanaian authorities? Why do we have an economic and organized crime unit in the Republic? Another unit from uh, so many of these uh, bodies, okay. and yet none of you arrested her so, or stopped her activities okay. until it became an international embarrassment for all of us. So, so, so first of all, in, in dealing with crime, you look at the forum. Okay. That was a crime committed, and that's some, most of the time that's what determines how the proceedings would go. Okay. Because you want to look at where you have enough evidence or you have grounds to initiate the criminal proceedings, and then you do that. So that would be, in this case, that would be the reason I can give for this particular case. But the instances that we also dealt with cases in-house, where we have information, usually comes from um, international cooperation, okay. or you have liaison officers who liaise with authorities like Yoko and other institutions, and they provide you information to be able to, to, be able to um, investigate such persons, recover proceeds from them, return these proceeds to the victims or the vulnerable persons. But we do that, we've, yeah. we've done a lot of cases that Yoko has done. We've done that. You understand? So we're able to recover proceeds Sure, we're able to people. recover from the person through the medium of a court. It's not a... Okay, So right. the, we, we find the person, put them before court, charge them for offenses. Court makes orders for us to return these funds to the persons who are, who are, who are victims of, of these, these um, Rwanda's Rwans frauds and also restore them to their... To their so it wasn't as if you were incompetent. That's, in, that's, 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 was that's far from that. It's far, not true. Far from. I mean, you mean, it, 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 exactly. Because someone say that, well, they are, they are roaming in our streets. Why are you people not arresting them? 
We so, don't know what they're doing. They have a lot of money on their hands. They are buying buildings all over the place. As, Why were you not the ones arresting them? So you, you must understand that, again, there's one thing suspecting that's on having evidence to prosecute somebody. Mm -hmm. And again, the rules of justice grind slowly. Okay. So it's a process. And so how so long has that than that of the U.S.? No, Again, this, this investigation is not, didn't start just 2024. Yeah. Remember, the case started a long time uh, yeah, ago. And again, time. some of these investigations, you don't bring it into the public domain. What you do is have everything, all the variables in front of you, connect the dots, and then you start the, the process. So sometimes you allow the criminals to go on what they're doing because you're building a dossier on them. So that when I nub you, I have evidence to point to. So it's not an issue of rushing in. And that's when you lose everything. It's a process. And it's a painstaking process because, listen, they also have lawyers. What they are going to raise is what they are going to do is only raise a doubt. I think people want to know whether we could have, on our own, uh, mindful of the operations of the people involved, arrested or probably got into the bottom of this Hajia for a matter. We could have. Really? We could have. We could have. Because you see, not because the, it's, she's it's, popular, not, because she has, uh, she's a musician and she's linked to some of this. You see, um, without disclosing the kind of investigations that are done, mm -hmm. it cuts across. Politicians, musicians, entertainers, students. It cuts, that, it yeah. cuts across. But I've never heard any musician that you have actually uh, prosecuted or any, any, any big-time social media like, influencer. Like when, I, when I told you that we've returned funds to you, are shocked. Yes. Because you, you like, well, they've taken something. Well, I've not seen the evidence of you. Exactly. But like, like, there's a litany of cases where we return resources. Some we have to even, um, how do you call it, um, liquidate here and okay. then send the funds back because they don't need those, those assets that have been procured by the criminals here in Accra, you know, so you have to liquidate that and then send whatever you can realize back to, 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 the, to, the, to the, the victims. I will come back to you, but Mr. Domlevo, the question I'm asking about whether our systems are fit for purpose in identifying, in uh, actually getting to arrest, prosecute some of these activities, and also proceeding among other things to make sure that we nip it in the bud, do you think that uh, is a legitimate issue to raise? Yeah, it is illegitimate because our systems, from my point of view, are not fit for purpose. Okay. You talked about evading somebody's privacy, for instance. If we want to stretch that argument, then there will be no reason why the police can even mount a search or stop you and question you if you are being suspected. We need uh, uh, to put... You see, we have to look at this individual right versus the national interest or our total collective interest. Mm -hmm. We know that the society cannot have be made up of only saints and maybe angels. There are definitely criminals and dangerous ones among us. So there must be controls always in place to check some of these things. On that note, quickly let me explain that uh, 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 the lawyer in the studio, uh, Mr. Edward Kujo, right? If I got it right. Yes, please. He made mention about the verification. What is verified is the declaration. Hitherto, the declaration was not verified. You just put it in an envelope and seal it and brought it to the Auditor General. From when I became Auditor General, I said, no, you cannot do that to me. So that I look stupid in court one day. So we verify what you are declaring and many times ask you to come with uh, an ID which bears your signature. So you, we compare even the signature to be sure that it is you who authored that document. Oh, but what we don't verify is the asset itself and the liability. Mm. There's a difference between you putting on paper that you own three houses in Adenta in Accra. 
maybe just because you have been appointed a minister so that in by three years time or four years time you build those houses to cover up what you have declared in anticipation of the theft you are intend doing uh, on the public uh, interest yeah to subject us to so that one is not there but let me say that as a, a people as Ghanaians, we should not be worried too much about our privacy if we are not ready to sacrifice this so-called privacy we are not going to have a safe state so at times we may have to suffer some inconvenience in order to be able to be safe when they impose a curfew now will you say that they are invading your privacy yeah, but that's for a collective um, security to avoid the curfew, they do some security work to mm-hmm. ensure that the Criminals are nipped in the bud so that we don't reach to get to a point where we may say, look, everybody sleep at 6 o'clock. So we must always be tolerant of these security arrangements so that we can have a peaceful and orderly society that we are all enjoying. All I, 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 I agree with you perfectly, except that there's a limit, though. For public officers, yes. But for a private citizen, a musician, or a social media influencer like Hadja Farrell, of what business is she declaring assets for? What would be the I'm justification? Not asking, I'm not asking that she should declare assets. Okay. But if we suspect that she has so much of resources, there must be a lifestyle audit. And this lifestyle audit, it goes on in the U.S. and etc. without any publication. Once you're able to prove that look at the proceeds from this mm-hmm. show, I organized three shows in the year, and I made twenty million. It is that which I'm spending to do this and this. You are free, and you are go. And and remember, it is also a source of generating revenue. I remember there was a case involving another uh, Ghanaian called Fred Asante of money laundering. Okay, yeah, in, in the US. If mm-hmm. you remember that gentleman, yes, the very team, well. the team which investigated him and got him convicted included the internal revenue service of the U.S. So... That's RGRA, for example, yeah. The tax, the tax component. Some people are making these huge sums of money. They don't even pay tax on it. And you and I, any simple thing that you buy on the street, you are paying litanies of tax on them. So I think the, the argument of privacy is overstretched. Let's allow and let's tolerate some level of inconvenience so that we can have a safer society, a society that meets all of us, our expectations. But how do we know that this will not be turned into a tool for witch hunting, a tool for necessarily targeting people Edward may not like, for example? Oh, yes, it happens. That is why we have the courts there. When I thought Yoko was doing witch hunting against me, I filed a suit against them. He mm-hmm. went to the high court. They lost the case. <laughs> I but see. the judge said that they were acting ultra-virus. Uh, they were acting arbitrary, contrary mm-hmm. to law, capriciously. You and wanted to prevent them from doing their work. I didn't prevent them. <laughs> I see. That's where I thought they have overstepped my privacy because it didn't make sense to me. Oh, I see. That 10 people who were involved in the procurement, none of them was granted bail. It is me who was not involved. So I knew they were coming after me just because I was inconveniencing the government. Oh, I it was setting a score. So we went to court, and they couldn't prove because none of their documents showed that I was part of the procurement process. Mm. So why were they putting me on bail? Whilst the people who were actually involved were not.
All right. So, so you have you have remedies. The are there. There are remedies. Think you are available. Going to you go to the court. I get your point one hundred percent. I'm asking this question because when you and you have been consistent on this lifestyle or the thing, and yes. the fear has always been pronounced in the hearts of many. But mindful of what's happening, mindful of the amount of wealth that we see around us and the lack of corresponding payment of the requisite taxes and the other, the other things that's happening in our system, who should lead this quest for us to bring lifestyle audit into the mainframe? Who should lead the quest to make the likes of Yoko get the power and the mandate to constitute one immediately? So, sorry, I'll come in studio. Briefly, I'll come in studio, then I'll come back to you. If you want to answer is to, I can start with you, okay. All right, so yes, that's fine. I, I, yes, I think this mm -hmm. should be the responsibility of the Attorney General if the government is minded to okay. do this. And then mandate Yoko or any of those institutions to say, look, anytime you suspect that somebody is living beyond his or her means, go and find out. It does not necessarily mean you are being investigated. It, you can just invite the person and say, look, we have seen these assets that you have acquired. We've seen your lifestyle. Congratulations. Can you explain to us how you came uh, uh, with all this? And if the explanation is satisfactory with evidence, that ends it. If not, then we go for the reverse burden of proof. You must prove to us that there are other sources. Otherwise, you stole the public money or you acquired the asset or the, the wealth unlawfully. That That's is my view. You accuse me and you're expecting me to be the one submitting proof in support of your accusation. The truth of the matter is that if we don't do that, proving corruption will be extremely difficult. Okay. If we want to establish uh, corruption using the same elastic, say, claiming that the prosecution should prove beyond reasonable doubt, it's going to be difficult because corruption is usually done by two consenting adults <laughs> and it is not done in the public. So the evidence is, and remember, before even committing the corruption, they know it is a crime, so they will conceal it, they will hide it. And these guys are usually very intelligent. So if we can prove that, Daniel, you have 20 million, there is no way that you can earn that money. Then, is it too difficult now for Daniel to tell us how he got the 20 million? But, I think that should not be a problem. Yeah, but in this case, Daniel happens to be a very wonderful lady, resourceful, a musician, a social media influencer, with proven roots in society. Would it, be, would it not be a stretch? To just look at it and say that, well, because of what we think you do, you don't deserve this amount of money. No, it is not. I, when we are doing this type of audit, it's just like full question auditing. When we are auditing, it is not necessarily because you are guilty of anything. You know, for instance, the Auditor General has a mandate to audit all state institutions, not because they have necessarily done anything wrong, okay. just in case. And just to give us the assurance that things are okay. So if the police stop you on the way and ask you, where are you going? Do you have driving licenses, etc.? That should not be too much a problem for us as a people. Mm. Thank you. Well, I get you. I'll, I'll come in studio too. Edward, So I was so, asking, where do we start from? Okay. Because this conversation has been happening for a while. Sure. So just, just to, to say that there the, the are a few things that exist um, for investigative bodies like I, I'm Yoko. The first thing is the reverse bedding. So, so that reverse bedding exists in money laundering cases where the person is obliged by law to tell us how he came by certain resources, the source and the purpose of the funds okay. which have been found to be with the person. So that exists. What we are seeking to is to, f to depart from the, the law saying that you have to be a subject of investigations before we can, before we can ask you how Those you came questions. by. Okay. Exactly. That, that needs to change. And we are leading the charge 
in that route because he mentioned the Attorney General has to lead it. We are leading the charge by ourselves by making certain proposals for the amendment of the law to be consistent with what exists internationally. Our neighbors in Nigeria have it in law. The Process of Crime Act in Nigeria clearly has the provision which goes after lifestyle audits and that's lifestyle analysis so that whatever lifestyle you're living should be backed or should be matched by your earnings. Where there's a discrepancy, the, the, the onus is on you to prove to law enforcement how you came by those resources. And that's what we're seeking to have in our law currently. And that's, that's something we've pushed already and it's before. It's, going, it's gone um, far. We hope it will get to Parliament before the rise um, 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 before the elections. Hopefully. With the Attorney General. Yeah. Bob Marley is the number one movie in America. For me? <laughs> Audiences are raving. It's the perfect movie at the perfect time. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Made it PG-13. Now playing. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. I mean, oh, it's going beyond to cabinet. It's, it's, um, it's, it's before cabinet. It's before cabinet. Now, is it different from the Criminal Offenses Amendment Bill 2021? That's very different. It's very different. Yes. Because so we are in, seeking... that, in that Criminal Offenses Amendment Bill 2021, uh, 245F talks about illicit enrichment. Yes. And it says a person in possession of unexplained wealth for the benefit of that person or another person who maintains a standard of living above that which is commensurate with the past or present known emoluments of that person, or who is in control of resources or property disproportionate to the past or present known emoluments of that person, commits an offense unless the person gives a satisfactory explanation as to how the standard of living was maintained or how the pecuniary resources or property came under the control of that person. I mean, of course, it talks about a person who controversies subsection 1 commits an offense and is liable to a summary conviction of not less than 12 years or not more than 25 years. I want to understand this. You say your unexplained wealth thing is different from this illicit enrichment uh, provision. This particular amendment has not been sent to Parliament. It's still somewhere within the Attorney General's corridors anyway. So, and that's the thing. So if, if this amendment were, were to go through, yeah. This would suffice for what we are all discussing this, okay. this evening. Mm. Because then it's wide enough to accommodate any person who is in possession of resources that he cannot explain or do not, does not match their earnings. And that's, that would suffice. But for as long as we don't have it in law, it's something we are hoping to have it. If it exists, well and good, we can all ride on the back of that and be able to look at individuals or persons, positions of authority, whether uh, public servants or private citizens, to be able to ask them these questions regarding what they possess and how they, come to, they came to be by them. Again, the issue is this. If you, have legi- if you came by resources which were legitimately earned, you, you, you have, it's a source of pride for you to display to law enforcement the whoever is asking the question that, listen, this is what I did and got this and got that and got, okay. that's why I'm here. For as long as you have nothing to hide, there's, there's really an issue. Privacy doesn't even come in because you're bold enough to speak to it. For as long as you're unable to explain how because you do it for task purposes anyway, exactly, you'd and, have done so. And, you'd have gone through that rigmarole. And, and the other thing is this: 
for what we do at EOCO, if we initiate criminal proceedings or we start investigations against you for money laundering or whatever it is we are investigating, and we find that you have resources that you have, you, there's no evidence of declaring, we push you to the GRE. So immediately, you will not, whilst the criminal charge is hanging on you, the issue about tax payment also comes up. So it's, it's like it's a, it's a two pronged thing. What we call parallel financial investigations. So we are conducting the uh, criminal investigations, but then we're looking and tracing assets that are in your name. So when we go to court, the issue about confiscation of assets is easy for us because we've already laid the foundation and tested the ground regarding who owns what and in whose name the property is, so that we're able to do that. What we need is then to branch off into the unexplained wealth or lifestyle analysis to complement that process. Because then you're not the subject of investigations to start with, okay. but by virtue of what you own and have, and the lifestyle that you live, which is not consistent with your known sources of earning, we're able to ask you questions. By that, can you peruse, let's say, social media, or perhaps the person's publications, or news items about, oh, this one is this amount rich, this also other person is also this amount so, rich, to gather information about whether or not uh, these are fictitious sources or illicit sources of having so, these So I, I'm sure you, you would probably know or guess that the way we, we operate is not only based on complaints that are made to us. Oh, okay. So newspaper publications, stories running, international, whether local or international. So a blogger we're, says that I'm a we, rich man. We, 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 and we, mentions that I have these number of cars or houses. Exactly. So these are things that we pick up. And again, what is the law? What is, this? what is the authority you have to go after that person? It's the law. Okay. And if the law is not in place, you would start it, and then issues are raised by lawyers and say, well, listen, you don't have jurisdiction. In this but people area. think that these things are just on paper and you people don't implement them. Unless, until you have had an experience with us, I see. then you begin to see that there are laws in Ghana and the laws work. How many cases do you deal with us in a month or a year or anything like that? Remember that we are not... Because we don't see out there, we don't see the publication because that Raymond Alpha was on this day uh, being prosecuted for this amount of money laundry because he bought a computer and bought other things from the money. I mean, okay. I, I'm, quite frankly, I've not seen a lot of them. All I see on your social media handles are invitations to people, yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, so the invitations, as far as we want you to know, someone is being sought after mm -hmm. to help us with that. Again, maybe we've not published so much of what we have done in terms of um, convictions and, and other confiscations we've done regarding the cases that we do. And really, it's something we're working on to okay. communicate a lot more okay. to our public. That, listen, we don't exist in name, but there's a lot we have done. And indeed, if you ask our inter international partners, one of the go-to institutions when it comes to Economic crime, financial crime is an institution because we have we have results to demonstrate, mm. you know, because the expertise we have in house again is, is a fluid area, but again for what we do and what we, we tout ourselves as doing, we have we have commendation from international organisations regarding the work that we do with respect to money laundering and other issues that we deal with. So it's, it's so, things that we need to maybe blow our horn a little louder, perhaps, so that you you get to know really really what's happening. Perhaps right now. so. So, a pointed question. How many musicians, creative arts people, how many, if you like, filmmakers, or this term that's a bit uh, problematic, social media influencers, are uh, on your radar and you are investigating? Everyone, that's a stretch. If you expect to give you a number here. Yes. I mean, you can put them together. <laughs> Off my head, I can give you a number. But are there some that there are on your radar? There will be some. No, the OB means, I mean... Yeah, because I don't have the numbers. I don't want to hazard on, I mean... But I want to know whether there are some that are on your radar. Sure. That you are investigating See, currently. Let me say this. The, the conduct of some of these investigations mm -hmm. really we trigger it or are triggered by international partners. Remember that okay. some of these crimes don't happen in Ghana. They might happen elsewhere. And so the leads that you would get would point to a particular person, a particular grouping, a particular um, 
artist or social media person or influencer. Okay? So it's about the information you get and how you process it. And for some of the cases that are, have, 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 have gotten convictions in the USA, you'll find that some of the information was probably gathered by us and sent to them because the forum for the offense is the United States or any other jurisdiction that they want to prosecute. So they exist. I just I don't want to go into numbers and names. But it's an area that it's, 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 it's a challenge, really, because mm-hmm. privacy is the first thing that comes up. And like That's my senior true. said, yeah. we, if, we, if we ban ourselves with privacy, we'll have issues. And the issue is that you're jealous of a person because what, what do you have to show for the 20 years that you're working? Nothing. The guy has just worked for five years. He had a breakthrough song. He's got X amount of money. Now you focus all your attention. What about the other cases there? Official, um, government officials who are not? That's the issue. And we need to agree as a person that this is where we want to go. Let's have the requisite laws and the support to be able to go out there to do what we have to do. Let me take final words from you, Mr. Domlevon, on this matter. Do you see us getting to the bottom of this problematic issue to do with unexplained wealth, illicit enrichment, unjust enrichment, whichever scope that they choose it to be? Do you see us getting to the bottom of it anytime soon? Yes, I think we, were, we are going to get there. I'm happy you, you read uh, a bill which will have addressed the situation. And again, uh, 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 Edward also mentioned that Yoko is also bringing up such a thing, which means that we are getting, we are making progress. Uh, we are in an election year. Anytime you have a politician in your studio, ask them if they are going to pass this bill for us because we need it. We we are all aware. Everybody is aware that the deadliest disease which is affecting our country is corruption. So if it is corruption which is killing us, and these are some of the remedies that we have. That, to me, I call them even low-hanging fruits. Why are we not taking advantage of the situation and uh, harvesting them? So, collectively, let us continue fighting, and you, the media in particular, be at the forefront. I will advise uh, my brother, uh, Edward Kujo, to say that then Yoko also need to do a little bit more publicity. Because if the international community or partners are aware of how effective they are, uh, they are, and you in the studio that there you don't know, then I don't think it's the best thing. So when it goes back, you should tell Mamitiwa, who is my good <laughs> friend, you tell her that we need a little bit more of advocacy. If they can even put it in their law, like in the OSP law, the OSP, I think on quarterly basis or under yes, half, yes, and half yearly publish all your... yes, exactly. We need something like that. There must be transparency. So that we know that Yoko is not sleeping. Yoko is fighting for us. Thank you. I am grateful to you for your time this evening. He's a former auditor general in the Republic of Ghana. As for audit, lifestyle audits, he's been pushing it for God knows how long. I'll take final words from you, Edward. I mean, there's a question that someone said to me. Concurrent, the investigation in the U.S. is almost concluded. The woman's pleaded guilty to it. Are we here interested in the matter in the Republic of Ghana? Yes, we are, in, we are interested in the matter. And, and again, without going into, into detail regarding what is happening, we are interested in that matter and if other matters that, are, that have Ghanaians involved or nationals from Ghana involved and are standing trial in the U.S. or other countries that we, we know of. Indeed, I, I, would, I can say on authority that the instances where we ourselves have had to arrest people from here to let them stand trial because based on evidence we have gathered, but then the forum is elsewhere and we have to be able to support that that. We're also hoping that, and like he said, engage more with the public. Because, again, if, if, you, are, if you wink at somebody in the dark, nobody sees it. But if it's broad daylight, they can see and know that you're a handsome man or a, handsome, a beautiful lady. They can come to you. So we'll do a lot, of, a lot more public engagements 
And we hope that, again, we can work closely with the media because our, our strategic plan, I mean, the five-year strategic plan focuses a lot more on partnership. Okay. A partnership with real sectors of the economy, especially um, the media, because we can only tell our story through the media. Sometimes we can't engage directly with the media, but That's if true. we have the platform, we should be able to tell what we're doing so that it can be trumpeted to those who have not heard and also springboarded to other people who are interested in what we do. And then they can know that, listen, the safeguards are there. We just have to support the system to, to give us what we want. And again, we cannot deal with persons involved in this kind of offenses if we don't have the requisite laws. It will not be us. double jeopardy that are interested in the Haji Afaro case. It will not be. Edward <laughs> 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 Kujo is with the Economic Development Crime Office here in the Republic of Ghana. Um, Level Daniels, a former auditor general. Many thanks to you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us in this conversation tonight. I hope you enjoyed it.